0: An incredible weekend of Derby delight and an amazing opening weekend to the NFL playoffs. Welcome to the Two Half Show. Hello people and welcome back to the Two Half Show. Joining me as always is my good friend Desama. Desama, how you been? Yo, man, what's good? I'm good. I'm good. And guys, uh, before we start, I really want to give a thank you to everyone who's been supporting us on the recent episodes, uh, and especially for the feedback that we've been receiving on the content that we're doing. We are trying to improve what we're doing and introduce some new ideas and concepts that I think will really take off uh, with you guys. uh, So look forward to that. We'll be introducing them in the coming weeks, uh, hopefully some interesting segments that I want to really make uh, a part of the show uh, and to include more debates as well. So. Like I said in the opener, it's been an incredible week of, of derby football across Europe, to be fair. The Premier League, of course, saw the, the Manchester derby and the North London derby. And of course, uh, in Europe, we saw Napoli take a commanding lead of Serie A over uh, Juventus with that win on Friday night. And of course, Barcelona winning the, the Super Cup against Madrid as well in Saudi Arabia with my boy Caviar absolutely dominating. Uh, I, I love to see that. But of course, later on in the second half, we'll come on to the NFL playoffs and and the incredible weekend of drama that we've seen in it. Really hope you guys can stick around for that. But before that, we have to start with Derby delights over the weekend. And let's start with the opener, actually. The the Premier League opener, uh, the midday kickoff on Asad. I really hate them early kickoffs, honestly. I don't trust the games on BT when United are playing on them. But a Derby day for United, uh, a solid win. Uh, Grealish, of course, giving City the lead and then uh, a somewhat controversial equaliser. I mean, according to the rules, it was, it was fair, but you know, maybe the rules are wrong. We'll come on to that, of course. And of course, the man himself, Marcus Rashford, the most informed player in the Premier League with the winner for Manchester United. Uh, Osama, how did you find the game, first of all? I mean, United absolutely dominated the game. They only let City have one shot on target. What were your thoughts on the game?
1: Uh, it was a really good game of football. Uh, really close tight but I think United surprised me I think probably because I went in thinking you know what City's obviously the better side they've got better players and so on uh, I thought okay you know what this is like City's chance to kind of turn up and show Arsenal or oh, the rest of the league yo we're serious we're still going to win the league and so on but I think credit to United honestly they they played them off the park Um, in patches where I thought City were dominant I think United were better structured and you can see it from the chances that United created, and yeah, like you said, City scoring, City only taking one shot on target, just goes to prove how good United were as a team. Yeah, uh, I think I think the,
0: the the crucial thing that you said there was that United were in control out of possession as well. Yeah, uh, and we really you could see it in the opening half an hour where United were setting City traps, um, and, and I think what's interesting is that there was this weird discourse before the game of people saying well, we need to see United do it against a big team. And it was like, hang on, we've literally beaten, now after the City game, we've beaten every single one of the top six, except Chelsea. So it was this weird thing where, because we've had a run of, finally, of easier games, people thought, oh, this is the only, this is the level of team United have been beaten, but we've been doing it, you know, against the good teams as well all season. It was a weird one because I think most United fans, and I think you knew this to be fair, I think most United fans enjoyed doing well under the radar without anyone noticing. Yeah. Like, there was no expectation. There was no talk of any, you know, title, challenge, yeah. anything like that, because it got to a point where most United fans were comfortable in knowing that we're going to make top four. But mm. we, don't, we don't want to really talk about anything else because we're, we're, we're comfortable. And I think the, I don't want to say the problem with the win, because there can never be a problem with winning. But I think now there's going to be more talk about United, which I enjoyed being under the radar. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. It's more <laughs> limelight on you guys now. I think. Yeah, exactly. You're
1: higher up the league, um, you're close enough to Arsenal and City now, so it's going to be interesting to see how obviously the players and how teams set up against you guys now, because obviously there's going to be pressure on you guys going in to win the lower lower teams. You can say,
0: and yeah, so it's going to be. I mean, we, like we've been doing that, and I think uh, we we don't really want to talk about him because he's left now, but. It's, it's been clear even before he left that we play better without Ronaldo and I think the run has shown it but for me listen mm. am I going to sit here and say that United a title chances? absolutely not because I don't think are, we man. are no I don't think we are because I'll tell you why I think you are but if, I don't think we have the squad
1: yeah that's what I was just going to say I think if a couple of players do get injured like your key players either Bruno or Rashford or even Casemiro I think it takes a massive tolling team I think you don't have the depth in your squad or the quality to kind of cover up for these main players that you have.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think you highlighted them perfectly there. Casemiro and Rashford, for me, if if one of them gets injured, and we saw like how quiet Old Trafford got when Rashford went down with his mm. hip uh, in the first half, but I, I think that's the problem, I think. On the front line, we only have one world-class player in at the moment in Marcus Rashford. Sancho finally looks like he's coming back. I'm so excited to see how he performs when he's back. And, and maybe he's able to take some load off, Marcus. But mm. like you said, he's the only like really performing forward, game in game out. If he stops scoring, wh- where does the key team go? And Casemiro even more because of the way that he lets the rest of the team play. He's shown how world class he is. Yeah. Like, no, I, I think yeah. I think I think whether listen, I'm not mm. going to argue with anyone like that says that Rodri is the f- best defensive midfielder in the world because listen, maybe he, he is. He's
1: one of the best. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, if if you're going to talk about the best, if it is Rodri, listen, you have an argument. That's fine. In a game where both of them played, Casemiro showed his absolute quality, breaking mm. up play, getting the assist for the opener as well for United. So, I think, I don't think we challenge. I think the I think for United, again, not a problem. But if United beat Arsenal, that talk is going to intensify. Yeah, and I don't think Ten Hag is going to like put any pressure on the players because for us this year was about regaining that Champions League spot making sure that we're in a good position once the new owners take over and then next season make that kind of uh, attack at the title. I think, you know what what
1: I need to say about Ten Hag? So obviously he came in uh, a few months back and obviously there's a lot of pressure with Ronaldo and news breaking out from Old Trafford. But I think Rio set it up perfectly. Like now that obviously Ronaldo's gone, there's not any drama coming out of United squad. And the thing is like the players now have uh, you finally see the players listening to a manager. Knowing yeah, and, that
0: and, and also I think even when there was drama he dealt with it very yeah, well. Yeah, no, hundred percent.
1: But then look at the previous managers, for example, like Oli or Ralph.
0: I think the players didn't listen, trust let's him. not put them together. Ralph no, Ralph, Ralph was, name, was a, a, a disaster that is becoming more obvious by the second. Yeah, no, 100 and um uh, do you know what, bro? Looking think, back, mm. Tan Hag was the man from the second that he said he didn't want anything to do with Ralph Ragnik. Honestly, like
1: yeah, uh, honestly, I need to give him credit because he's surprised. Me. Obviously, look, he's a, he's a great coach. I can't lie about it. But the way how he's dealt with United and how now United are challenging, even though you don't want to say it, you guys are actually challenging for the Premier
0: I think for me, what, what I think the best way to put it for United is mm. Ten Hag has taken over the team that finished second with Oli a year ago rather than the debacle of last year. And I think. We know that Oli didn't want Ronaldo. And I think, I'm not, like again, we're not blaming Ronaldo here, but I'm saying, whatever the drama was, like you said, has a big part to play in what happened last season. And I don't want to say that until the end of the season to see how the rest of the season goes. This is the thing. We are halfway through this season. Mm. A lot can still happen. Everything can fall apart for United. Everything can fall apart for Arsenal. Everything can suddenly look amazing for Liverpool again. (laughs) And I'm just saying, like, Mm. there's so much football to be played. Anything can happen. Yeah, Anything for sure, can for happen. Sure. I think we've been used to kind of... There's been a bit of a stalemate in the last couple of years where there's not really that much of a top four or a title challenge. The same teams are kind of finishing first and second. The same teams are, are fifth and fourth. That we don't realise the normality of the Premier League where Manchester United were 12 points ahead and lost the league title. Manchester United were eight points ahead and lost the league title. Newcastle were nine points ahead and lost the league title. All of this was in like a March, April, by the way, not in January like we are right now. So, even with Arsenal, who we'll come on to now, it's way too early. And and listen, let's move on to that game. Actually, before we move on to the North London derby, let's talk about Manchester City. What is the issue there? Because, like you, I expected more. I just expected more against yeah, United. Yeah, I think, you know,
1: as dumb as it sounds, there's some games where, I think Pep just overthinks stuff. Like genuinely, I don't know why he does this. I think he did it also in like the Champions League final against Chelsea, where he dropped Rodri and played Fernandini or
0: something. No, no he played no defensive midfield. Though, yeah, no, game. but
1: then it's like, why would you overthink something that's worked for you throughout the season? Like obviously, look, he's now he's dropped Laporte um, and he's playing obviously Akanji and Stones or Akanji with someone else, with Akia, for example. I think, honestly, at times, Pep needs to go back to the basics of what he does with City. Like Everyone knows like, City are one of the best teams in the world, as well as within England, obviously. But with that, it's because he knows they are the best team. He adds pressure to himself for no reason. Like, why, why change something when it works?
0: I was watching the game uh, with some friends, and one of them made a point that he's almost being given profiles, or well, he's developing profiles, that don't necessarily fit the way he plays. For example, like Foden. Now, Foden's a sublime footballer. But I think he's it, 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 like Grealish in the fact that he's not a left winger being played in the, on the left wing. I think if you have a manager who plays him in the attacking midfield position, he absolutely thrives and looks incredible. And I'm not saying, oh yeah, let's get rid of him. I'm saying if Phil Foden played in that system, he would shine more. Because his game is perfect for that position. Now, the Pep comments after the game were interesting. Yeah. Where he said, we don't care about the Premier League. Mm. We don't care about the Carabao. I'm not saying that was him admitting defeat because it's Pep he's not going to admit defeat. And they're going to be amazing. And they are still going to get closer to the top. But what it does show, I think, is that his priority this year is that Champions League. I th- yeah,
1: I think w- with Haaland, he's, he's going to miss some piece.
0: I think he's going to just focus on the Champions League And he's going to make the Premier League secondary to that, I think.
1: But is that a successful season for City?
0: I I think that's the problem. I think if you focus on a cup competition, a cup competition, you can get kicked out at any time. You can't put all your eggs in the cup competition basket because Mm. if you do and it doesn't work out, your season feels like a failure and it probably will be a failure. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of recover from this mini rut that they're in. Of course, they've got a game coming up on Thursday, And Spurs to to see what they can do Uh, listen Spurs are not good and let's talk about that game Spurs versus Arsenal one sided for the first half to a level I've never seen before Arsenal looked amazing but for me as well as Arsenal played Spurs let them Yeah. Spurs let them play Spurs didn't do anything to counteract it, they had one attack in the first half Son should have finished it to be fair but they had one attack lorice he's been atrocious Bro, this year oh
1: my lord this that guy mistake to go, was man.
0: horrible but
1: the thing is how many mistakes has he done
0: it's that that exactly he's been it, horrible. honestly it's season. time for
1: him to like move now yeah it's exactly stupid.
0: honestly that that was like the the ball was hit with so much power it forced you like it's so stupid yeah. honestly like spurs looked pathetic in that first half and i know they looked better in the second half and ramsdale was worked a little bit
1: they look pathetic no, but then that's the thing like like you said obviously they will look better in the second half but you can't go into the second half chasing games like they've and done, they've done so that every single game this FN. season it's so annoying because everyone's like oh look they've done it against the lower teams and they've come back yeah okay look you've come back the most from the losing positions it's but because I, you I, keep putting yourself yeah, in losing positions against the big boys they're not going to allow you to do that and obviously look credit to Arsenal who were uh, like Listen, Arsenal,
0: Arsenal took everything Spurs gave them. Yeah. Credit to them. Odegaard is turning into a sublime midfielder. I absolutely love how good he is. By the way, a lot of Arsenal fans were slandering him last season. I think, you know... And no, he, he, I've, mm. I was kept backing him and I said, listen, honestly, every time I watch him, I just think he's absolutely incredible. I think what and I've got
1: to say with Arsenal, it's, it's the perfect picture, like the perfect scenario to say, give a manager time, trust the process. Oh, 100%. And you've got the results. And I think
0: I'm glad you said that because I always say that I think I think for me why that's important is because the manager has to have enough time for his authority to be the final word. Yeah. Whether whether you think it's working tactically or so on. And we're talking about clubs who want a project and so on. Mm. Right now, I'm not someone who thinks, you know, Arteta's an elite coach or manager or anything uh, until he starts winning things, of course. But your point is spot on. Give a manager time to a point where his word is final. No one is then questioning him from above or below. Neither yeah. the players nor the decision makers. When you get to that point, you're almost forced to believe in him because you've got no other choice. So okay. when that happens, things worked out. Seeing how he dealt with the Obama situation. We've seen many situations like that. Maybe, maybe he was in the wrong end as well. But whether he was in the wrong or the right... His word became final, Mm. Uh, and I think they're seeing the fruitions of that now.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think what's weird with Atatti is that he's matured into the role. I think when he first came in, he was a bit, because obviously his first coaching role um, after leaving City. I think he has learned a lot from Pep. I think man management has been up there with probably one of the best in terms of the league, with Klopp, Ten Hag, Pep, and so on. And I think, like you said, it's given him time and effort to kind of show his plans. And what I've loved most about Ateta was that what he said in his first interview, trying to bring the fans and the players together, he's done that. Look, they've had a couple of seasons where obviously they were having like the whole Listen, I, nonsense I thing.
0: With that, I have to be fair and say though that every manager says that when they come in, and
1: no, but he's actually said it and he's, yeah, and he's I know, done no,
0: no, it. No, but him doing it, I think, isn't him like it wasn't him aiming to do it and he did it. I think that it's more that naturally when a team is winning. They feel as one with the fans that, would, like we've seen with United as well, like this weekend, for example, and the opposite when a team isn't winning. The that relationship breakdowns, like we've seen with the Everton fans yeah. over the weekend. So no, I but, think mm. I think that's more of a a result of them playing well. But of course, he's still done it, and all credit to them. And they are statistically now the favourites for the league. This I, I, think, the, I think. now they're the favourites for the uh, league. Uh, and do you think they're going to win? I honestly bro for me if you to, uh, We've if you watched, I've watched football for so long now that I know it's not over till it's over.
1: No, but if you had to say if I thought my
0: club won the league on the last day of the season. <laughs> and
1: no, a okay. minute later they lost name. it. Give me a name. We
0: won the league. Give we me were a name. champions for tw- for a minute and 20 seconds and then we lost it. So for me I I I will never think a title is over. Until it's over. Okay. Are they the favourites? Absolutely. Yes. But in my
1: okay, in your opinion, who's who's the favourites? I'm, I'm, I, if you had to say, if you well, had to the choose. favourites
0: are statistically Arsenal right now. For me personally, you don't I, see it. I, okay. I, it's not. I don't see it I, because I don't trust City at the moment either, and I don't trust United to to go to over the line either. So for me, yes, they're automatically favourites because they're first. But I've seen so many scenarios like this fall apart, and the crucial thing. The more, and you you would agree with this because you were not in the same position. They are still yet to play Manchester City twice. That no, exactly. Then yeah, turn on its head. What's the difference now? Eight points, uh, isn't eight it? Points.
1: Two games against City.
0: Is it? They it, win them two. If it's it's not out of the ordinary. If I was to say City are going to win them both, no. Of, of course, course so. at the moment, Arsenal could win them both as well. By the way, and uh, it confirmed the title win, but. If City win both of them, that's a two-point gap. If United beat them, on the, that's it. The, the, the gap's disappeared. So it's too early for me. This literally changes in a week now because we're in the second half of the season where teams play two games a week. You could literally have a week and two days and you go from top to being third. So listen, credit to them. They are, it's, it's in their hands. That's what we can say. Is in their hands. It's theirs to lose. That's what I will no,
1: say. Uh, yeah, I think it is theirs to lose, but it, I think it depends what they do with January transfer window, whether they can get players in or not. Now that they've lost out on Mudrik, um, it's going to be interesting to see because now they've got no backup striker to Enketia. if a player gets injured or so on. The game changes. Who are you going to play up front?
0: Yeah, listen, that, uh, perfect segue, by the way, because we are going to come to talk about Mudrik, but I agree with you. I do think that they... Uh, to be honest with you their squad's pretty stacked. Nketiah, I like Nketiah, you know. I think he's a really good player. I think he's a solid like backup. Yeah, no, no, not sure. even a backup. I think he's he's the uh, listen when we say Champions League, League club now, that means anyone in the top 7. Literally anyone in the top 7 is a Champions League club now. I think I think he's a top 7 striker. Uh, I don't know why they're like yet to see if he's definitely the first choice. But I uh, I think I think he's a very good striker but so speaking of Mudrick. Now, Chelsea hijacked the move to sign Mudrik from Shakhtar Donetsk. In in a day the deal gets done, Arsenal were in the head, Arsenal were in the lead. They offered the same amount of money apparently, they offered him better terms, and he signed. Now, it's 100 million euros for a guy who's scored 12 goals in his career playing in the Ukrainian league. Football's gone crazy, but I think that's even mental for what football has been like recently. No, no, I
1: think it's mental for a player of who has them stats, who doesn't have any experience to show.
0: And he's 22 as well. Like, Of course, he's got potential, but he's, no, no, of course, he's but not then, a million miles away from where okay, he should be fulfilling. We,
1: we've it. seen this before where a player with potential has been kind of traded between clubs for a stupid amount. of uh, For example, let's just say Coutinho immense football
0: player, elite. But what I will say about Coutinho, he actually did yeah, it in no, the no, Premier exactly, League. But then, okay, uh, but, listen, I disagreed uh, with that hmm. transfer. I laughed when it happened. You guys absolutely rinsed Barcelona for that. But yeah, 100%. at the same time, he's a Premier League player from a top Premier League club. Jao it Felix. makes a bit more sense. Jao Felix, Benfica always elite are getting money. No, no, yeah,
1: I know. But I mean, like, to sell him for over 100 mil.
0: 100 mil it was, yeah. Listen, yeah, 100%. I agree with you on that as well. Uh, and but I at the same time, he was doing it in Europe, scoring no, no, yeah, in no European no. competitions.
1: That's fine, but my point is now, youngsters nowadays are teams nowadays that see potential in youth.
0: But not from the Ukrainian league.
1: No, no, 100%. No, that's what I mean. From the Ukrainian league, I don't think he's, he's worth that. But I think nowadays, now that the transfer market has kind of increased uh, on aspects where you think players are 20 or 30 mil a couple of years ago and now 50 mil. Uh, it's just nuts yes just, I, agree. Can't, can't I agree i even...
0: agree listen the market's gone crazy but i think even in a crazy market it's crazy money for him no uh, i know yeah exactly uh, but
1: uh, i think chelsea... i don't know
0: why and I'd, you can't convince me that they have a transfer strategy by the way they just keep going for other playa- club this, players players
1: yeah, sw- fam i said the same point last week saying that chelsea have given too much power to todd bawling i think obviously look well know he's a new owner and so on but to kind of give him the The power to go sign players. Well, I mean, he's given it to himself, hasn't he? Yeah, no. He's the owner.
0: But then it's like... I think, I think. listen, apparently they are introducing a new director of football. But I think, like we said last week, he's treating it like uh, an American franchise where he's going to make the decisions, he's going to buy the players, and then he's going to come to the coach and say, here, I've bought you all these players without a profile, not that you've asked for, Hmm. not with a certain system in mind, win for me. That doesn't work in football because you have to have a certain system that plays a certain way in the manager's vision to work.
1: 100% but I think now because he's done that there's pressure on Potter to actually win games.
0: Yeah but uh, I agree there is 100% but you're buying players you're buying players that doesn't suit his way and asking him to win it doesn't make Mm. sense and that's why I said I don't think Potter's uh, reputation takes any hit from this but let's talk a little bit about how they're doing it because there's been a little bit of kind of confusion about just how they're spending the amount of money they are they're close to 500 million now the, the amount that they've spent which is ridiculous over two windows by the way
1: honestly liverpool and have spent that in the like 10 transfer windows yeah it's like crazy
0: and and you know to to put some perspective of course that includes the summer buys that includes of course Mudric, that includes Nkunku who's gonna arrive still next summer wow. that includes the jar felix loan that they're, they're missing <laughs> already three games because of the red card so how are they doing this all so if people have noticed they're giving huge contracts out yeah in terms of years they've given badyashile a seven-year contract they've given mudrick uh, a, uh, seven years with an option of a year and a half taking up to eight and a half years that takes him up to over 30 bro that literally takes him from him at this age to past his prime now how are they doing this financially speaking Giving out a longer contract, if you're paying more money, actually makes sense because what happens is when these deals are made, the fee is amortized across the length of the contract. So, for example, in this case, Mudrick has been bought for 100 million euros, around 88 million pounds. That price is spread across the contract. So they are paying on their financial accounts around between 8 to 10 million per year. So every year when it comes to financial fair play, for example, they're not paying that full lump sum in one year. They're spreading it across the contract. And this isn't something new, by the way, this happens with every single club that buys players. This isn't just the Chelsea thing, but the length of the contract is what's interesting with Chelsea. Cause usually what would you say is like an average contract now? Like three to five years? Yeah. Yeah. Three to five years. So like an eight year or a seven year contract gives them the ability to, uh, to spread the cost more, potentially signing more players for that length of time. I want to take it, look at it from a different perspective, though, because from a financial point of view, yes, it makes sense. From a player point of view... You're signing Do the you think you should be signing that
1: contract? Uh, it, I think it depends. If I'm like an average player, without a doubt, if I'm seeing the money that Chelsea have offered me, I'm signing that without hesitation.
0: And, of course, that's kind of guaranteed across yeah, the country. Yeah, exactly. so, so you're saying if you're a player who isn't necessarily motivated by the game or... Thinking that you can reach a high level. Is that what you mean? Yeah, no, no,
1: yeah, without a doubt. Whereas if I'm, let's just say like upcoming, like Rashford, for example, just one player came to my head right there, where I know look, I can be one of the best if I keep working hard and so on. Now, I know, for example, if I say yeah to that figure of getting 125, that's not going to be good enough for me because after a couple of years, when I think I know that I've improved, I'm going to ask for more. Exactly. You're, and Obviously, you're going to he... need that bump to pay Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you.
0: You're going to need. You want the amount that other clubs would want to pay you, but guess what? You can't make the move because you've got six years still left on your contract that you signed for a cheap amount of money, and you know that, that's not even including inflation. By the way, I feel like as an agent, you should be doing a better job in that scenario. Where, yeah. and listen, for for all we know, there might be break clauses in there. You know, what I mean, break clauses mm. after three, five years for the club and the player to protect themselves. But at the same time it's It's an interesting strategy that I wonder if it will work because I think the other side to this is that if I'm a player with a seven year contract and a, and a new manager comes in and he's a manager that I don't get on with, and I am a top player, and even if I'm not a top player, I can cause problems for the club and they can't get rid of me yeah yeah no, because I think yeah the reality is like football of course for our American listeners there's no it's not like the NFL or the NBA where you sign your contract with the league and then you are, you're kind of traded to a team uh, and your contract just stays kind of, you, you have to go play for that team. No, in football, you as a player have the choice to sign the contract or not. You could easily decide not to sign that contract.
1: I think, you know, a perfect example for Charles would be Danny Drinkwater.
0: Well, and, uh, I was thinking of another one, uh, Malouda. Remember Malouda? Yes. Malouda, yeah. after he stopped performing he's just stayed in the reserves yeah. he was playing for the reserves for years no but
1: for him look he's he's won everything with him he won the champions league he's earning money but now. that's what i'm saying it's like he's once you kind of fall out yeah, of over yeah. the game exactly
0: you can if mudrick for example doesn't make it and listen we hope he does but if he doesn't make it in three years time and he becomes like a sub substitute player for chelsea and just sit there and take that money yeah exactly but
1: it, the thing is there it's, has it's to a, be a some risk yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure.
0: It, it's an interesting strategy that we'll see how it works out but listen Say what you want about Bowley, he's entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. He's he's given us some entertainment, and honestly, it wouldn't so surprise me if somehow he sacks Potter a week after the window closes, like he did with shell. Um, it's, it's an interesting scenario there. Uh, guys, listen, th- I think that's it for for football. Listen, there's a lot more we could have talked about, but time is against us, of course. Uh, we'll be introducing some new content next week, as mentioned uh, at the start regarding you know our player tiers and so on. Uh, moving on, however, to the NFL. Now, it was a crazy weekend of games. Like, genuinely, one of the best uh, wild card weekends or super wild card weekends uh, if the NFL's ever seen. Uh, some incredible results across the board. Samar, what did you think of the games at the weekend? Uh,
1: honestly, I thought they were entertaining, man. Um, I think the, the biggest one or the most entertaining one for me was probably the Chargers versus the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, let's, let's talk through the games in a bit. Let me just uh, update our listeners who may be not familiar with what's happened uh, w- with the games. So, guys, of course, in, in the NFL, this round is played by all the teams that are not included uh, in, in the week one seed. So the the Eagles and the Chiefs have had a bye. They've had a rest this weekend watching everyone else play. Uh, and then, of course, the, the winners will go on to the next round, which is like the uh, quarterfinals, if you like. Uh, the lowest seed will play the top seed in each conference. Uh, and, of course, then we fi- move on to the com- the conference final and the Super Bowl following that. So the games this weekend. The 49ers comfortably dispatched the Seahawks. Wasn't comfortable at half-time, but it became a-, a comfortable game in the end. The Jaguars came back from 27-0 yeah, nuts. to win 31-30. Wow. What a game. We-, we have to talk about that. The Bills struggling against uh, a banged-up Dolphins team, winning 34-31. The Vikings and the Giants, an entertaining little game, that one. The Giants coming away with a win there, big game for Daniel Jones. Uh, The Bengals with an interesting win against uh, the Ravens with a 14-point swing play. Uh, And, of course, last night, the Cowboys dispatching with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, A lot to say on that one as well. Osama, you said the Jaguars one stood out for you then, yeah?
1: Yeah, I think... Because, obviously, look, it's been... Uh, an amazing year for the NFL this season with the comebacks that we've seen, but I think to do it in the playoffs, I think yeah, honestly, I thought honestly the game's done, twenty-seven to zero. There's no way you're gonna come back, bro.
0: Listen, do you know the second it went to twenty-seven nothing, I went to sleep because this was the late game, of course, right? I know you you obviously watched the highlights the, the day after, but yeah, but I, I had that game on. The second it went to twenty-seven dot da- and nothing down, I turned it off. For us, obviously, fans, it's not believable to actually come back from... Listen, it's, it's, uh, we've seen we've seen comebacks, of course, before. We've seen one of play playing the Super Bowl itself, of course, with the Falcons. But honestly, I woke up and I was like, you what? Hang on, am I looking at the score wrong? And then I watched the highlights and Trevor Lawrence had one of the worst starts to an NFL playoff game ever. He threw four interceptions in the first half, zero touchdowns until the very end of this, the second quarter looked horrible absolutely yeah. horrible look. and then turns it around four touchdowns zero interceptions wins the game for the team and and you know what i want to take your your opinion on this i think that's because of the pedigree that he's had through his life because with him we're looking at a player who was always talked about as you're destined to be one of the greats from the age of like 14 because he was the best in high school, he was the best in high school again, he was the best in high school again, he was the best in college, he got to the final college, carrying his team again and again, and then of course the NFL last season, we know what happened with Urban Meyer, and then this season, on the edge of of being kind of, your season ending halfway through the season, drags his team back, drags them through the playoffs, again you, you're facing adversity in the game itself, and you come back, and I get that it's his fault, and you know, we're kind of praising a fireman for putting out a fire that he started, but crazy performance by him, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think I've got to give credit to him and the team. I thought to come back from the third largest comeback in NFL history, NFL NFL playoff history. I think obviously you can give credit to your quarterback, but I think as a team to come back from twenty seven, like I don't know how many times I'm saying this, bro, twenty seven and O or twenty seven nothing. To come in and, yeah, and just do a madness. Yeah, the, yeah, the defence
0: really held it up in the, in the second half as well. You're absolutely right, to be fair. uh, Listen, absolutely amazing. But, they but, play the Chiefs the next round. I think that's probably where the run ends. But listen, they've it good been run while it lasted though, impressive. And for the future, bro, Doug Peterson as well, what a coach. The level of coaching in that second half was genuinely one of the best I've seen. Very brave, very aggressive, going for it on fourth downs. What The reason they win the game. Uh. Moving on, let's talk about your, your team, yeah? The, the 49ers. Now, Brock Purdy comes in. Everyone's like, how's he going to perform in his first playoff game? He's the rookie that's performing to a high level that everyone is kind of crediting the team for, and the coach for not necessarily him. And then he, he doesn't necessarily struggle in the first half, but he doesn't look as good as he's looked before. And then in that second half, absolutely dominates. And... I understand why people kind of want to give the, the credit to Carl Shanahan because he's done it with every quarterback he's had, no matter the level. So him doing it with the last pick of the draft, yeah, great, listen, credit to Purdy, but it's all about Shanahan and the weapons. But listen, bro, you still have to do it. Jimmy G wasn't doing it to this level. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, 19 out of 30 passes completed, 332 yards thrown, four total t- touchdowns with three uh, three thrown and one run, and 131 passer rating. That's an amazing game for whoever you are. Never yeah. mind a rookie in your first playoff playoff game. Yeah,
1: I think what, what you've said there, I think the biggest word i take away from it is rookie. How you've put so much pressure on, I wouldn't say pressure, but you kind of set an expectation for a rookie to come in. Now, obviously, the fans have got zero expectations knowing that, okay, you know, this guy, if, if we're hoping to get through to the playoffs or even further than that, We need a good enough quarterback. Now, Brock Purdy in the last six to eight weeks has been insane. Like, bro, I think I was watching a clip yesterday um, of him talking to Debo Samuel. And he just said to him, like, yo, um, football's fun with you.
0: Yes, he's taking a a level of uh, almost responsibility that people don't expect him to take as a rookie, where I I think I showed you it, didn't I? The, The Brendan Ayuk play. Yeah. The absolutely incredible play. Where Brandon Ayuk just doesn't manage to to catch it, where the the play breaks down, Brock Petty lands to their left, back to the right, gets absolutely smacked, but manages to get thrown in time to the corner of the end zone. Ayuk drops it, and Ayuk felt bad about it. And then later in the game, we've seen how you know Brock Petty's like, "Listen, don't worry about it, bro." Like you can see that he's got the confidence of his teammates. I think that's huge, honestly. I think that's huge. Swear, listen, they are the favourites as well. Like, like, we've said this before. But I fully expect them to come out Yeah, hundred uh, from I the think, NFC.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think they're the best team offensively and defensively. Uh, yeah, uh, defensively. The, number one the defense. The whole, the weapons the whole they package. have.
0: The weapons. Uh, McCaffrey. Got Debo. Got Ayuk. Just weapons all over the pitch. Weapons all over the pitch.
1: Uh, it's, it's lovely to see now, you know. honestly, as Listen, a point I, now, as well.
0: I think for me, of course, to play the Cowboys. We'll, we'll come on to them in a, in a second. But for me, anything less than a Super Bowl is... I don't want to say is failure de- for... For Brock, but failure for, for the 49ers. For, for sure. You have to... You, they the world are the we're best. playing right they are, now, yeah. Exactly. You have are to absolutely get Absolutely incredible. Um, the Bills. Bills struggling against the Dolphins, um, which was interesting because the Dolphins, of course, playing Skylar Thompson, their third choice quarterback. No one gave him a chance. And, you know, some dodgy coaching in the end might have been the only reason that they, they didn't uh, win it. But uh, I think that was more... The Bills throwing away... Josh Allen uh, specifically throwing it away or trying to throw it away than it it was the the Dolphins. Do you think that they can get over these mistakes that Josh Allen is making?
1: I think now that you're in the latter stages of the playoff, I think you will catch up to him. Um, Now that you've made so many mistakes throughout the year and you've kind of squeezed your way through to the playoffs, to make these mistakes again, I think you're going to get punished because now you're facing against the better teams. And... Look, Josh Allen's had a good, good season, but I think to take him past the playoffs, I think it's too much to ask for him. And that's yeah, the downside to it.
0: He, he almost shoots himself in the foot because he's the reason that they were up as, as much as they were because he's, he's scoring multiple touchdowns, he's throwing for over 200 yards, he's, he's, he's the reason that the offense is working. Yeah. But at the same time, he's the only reason that the, the, the other team's got a chance. How are you throwing multiple turnovers and picks every single game? It's, it, it's just, it, for a Bills fan, it must be frustrating because he's so good, yet so mistake-prone, and you can't be that at the quarterback position. You have to take care of the ball. Ball security is job security. Keep taking care of that ball when you're at the quarterback position, and it's a weird game with them in Cincinnati. Cincinnati also not incredibly impressive. They were good, but, of course, that game kind of hinged on a 14-point play. They were playing a backup uh, quarterback with all the Ravens. So, that that's going to be an interesting game. But, man, the AFC, for me, I'm confident as a Chiefs fan. This I ain't going to lie. I am confident as a Chiefs fan. I, I look at that, and I think you it's, get past Jacksonville. I think. If we play the Bengals, the offensive line is not is all injured. The Chris Jones can get to... Can get to the, can get to Joey Burrow as long as kind of the secondary takes care of the receivers and and Jamal Chase. If we face the Bills, listen, Josh Allen's gonna give you a chance to to win the game. So you know, as long as you're in it, you're you're, you're fine. It's gonna be interesting to see how these playoffs work out in the AFC. Finally, from the NFC, mm. last night Cowboys yeah versus the Bucks. Now, oh, there's been a lot of doubt about the Cowboys this week because of. Uh, another player who's been turning the ball over a lot in Dak, Dak Prescott. But that game was so one-sided listed. Of course, the score makes it look better than it was, 31-14. But you have to bear in mind, you know, that 14 includes a touchdown at the end of the game when the game was over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are done. The question is, is Tom Brady done? What do you think?
1: I think, yeah, like you highlighted, the Bucks. Offensively, have been absolutely shocking this season. I think the amount of injuries and upsets that they've had this year, it hasn't helped him. And I think what's worse is that Brady himself hasn't had a good year. He's had good moments for the Bucks, but I think because we've obviously labelled him as the goat within NFL and, and rightly so. At, at he this is the goat, of course, specific yeah. time.
0: But I think but even goats, you know, they have their NM, peak line. don't Yeah, they? yeah
1: no, one hundred percent, and. I, 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 it, it
0: partly looked disinterested it partly looked not trusting his, his weapons and partly just looked not a bit not disjointed anymore just not like I, I understand the the idea that he might carry on but it's getting to a point now where why would a team take him listen he's Tom Brady he's got the name he's still got the arm strength if, if your team is complete if you have the complete team which the 49ers in instance, might be the yeah. only ones you bring him in, because then you're probably gonna win. If you have the complete team, yes. If you're a team who still has other areas that needs to improve on and needs a quarterback, the Raiders, for example. I don't know whether it's the right decision to to make. And for him, he wants to go to somewhere where he can win the Super Bowl. It's about Super Bowls for him at yeah, stage. I think for him it's not about how he's performing. It's about getting the rings for sure. And if he goes to the Raiders, you're going to be in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, who at the moment are both better than him, on better teams probably. It's just, that doesn't make sense to me. The only sense, the, the only one that makes sense is the 49ers. And then if I'm the 49ers... Why would you Exactly, I've got Trey Lance and I've got Brock Purdy who's absolutely yeah. doing bits. If Brock Purdy takes me to a Super Bowl, I'm sticking with him. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. He's cheap. And this is the thing with like, the salary cap in the NFL and so on, is that when you get a good, play- a good young player, it allows you to improve the whole team because he's on a low salary and you get to put the rest of the team on, on decent salaries, which gives you a better chance. And-, and that's why the 49ers are how they are. They don't have any expensive quarterback. Brock- uh, Tom Brady isn't going to be the most expensive, but at the same time, he's going to demand more than Brock Purdy, for example. So it's a weird one, honestly. I, I do think he's going to carry on. I don't think it's gonna. I work don't know because
1: after listening to his comments, he was like, "He's gonna sleep on it and then see what happens."
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely in Tampa, right? But what? <sighs> because obviously, heard Miami. Just, yeah. what do you think of the Miami rumors? I've heard Miami.
1: Uh, I think it's a bit of a, a weird one because obviously you've got two as your quarterback, who's an insane player anyway. But did they take the risk of going for the go and hoping that they can restructure around him? That's, That's the like thing. It's a weird one.
0: I think they've got very good weapons with in Tyreek and Waddle, and. It's not. It's not beyond like possibility that what happens is they sit to her for a year under him while he kind of learns and and kind of recovers from the concussions that he's got and not risk further injury while learning from Tom Brady. I'm trying a Tom Brady experiment. Um, I wouldn't do it if I'm them. Tom Brady yesterday, I thought he was that bad that I just thought okay maybe maybe it wasn't even that it was like. I think most people give him a pass for the season saying it's because the team's bad, it's not him. And I think yesterday it was kind of, okay, it's not just the team. Because everyone was like, okay, he's going to get to the playoffs and then, you know, Tom will do Tom's stuff. He didn't. No. So I, I do think it might be the end. I don't think he'll leave though. Uh, but I, I, think I think we'll th- see that it's the end during the season. Yeah. When he eventually doesn't perform on his new team, if if he changes team, which I think he will. Quick preview of the, of the next week. And let's just make our quick predictions. Uh Jaguars Chiefs, who are you taking?
1: I think Chiefs are that that man. No. Yeah, you think the Jags <laughs> yeah. run comes to an end, yeah? Uh, I think even though they've they've had a good run, it's it's a it's a Chiefs, so
0: Yeah, the Chiefs uh, are rested. I think It's too they're much ready. to ask for him, yeah. Uh I agree with you. I think Chiefs Chiefs find themselves in that uh AFC conference game. It'll Be interesting to see if they're they're gonna be at home or not, of course, depending on the result of the next game, which is the Bengals and the Bills. Who who are you taking out of them to? Two teams who have looked iffy. Two teams who have their own issues in a different way. One of them's turnover, happy. The other hasn't got an offensive line. Who are you taking?
1: <sighs> I think for me, I'm going to say the Bills. Reason being, Bengals have got too many injuries in the forward line. Uh, it's, I think it's just too much to ask too soon. Mm,
0: but I, I I Listen, I get your logic. <sighs> I'm taking Cincinnati. Ah. I, tr- I, trust, I trust Joe Burrow more tr- than I trust... Josh Allen, I think he's better. I think he's more likely to to make the big play. Uh, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going Cincinnati. I'd rather yes, play yes. the Bills if I'm if I'm if the Chiefs, Chiefs. I'd yeah, rather yeah. play with the Bills. But I do think that Cincinnati make it. I think obviously it's going to be tough for the offensive line. But we've seen them have offensive line struggles last year, and and they did well. But I, I think they make it. I think they do make it. Over in the NFC, Cowboys versus 49ers. Don't
1: even waste my time, man. You know the answer. Next
0: one. <laughs> now, no, listen, seriously. Yeah. Even, uh, listen, I'm, I, I agree with you, 49ers. I think the big thing is this. The 49ers played on Saturday afternoon. Mm. The Cowboys played on Monday night. They have two and a half days more rest. I think that might be the... Listen, they're the better team anyway. Yeah, for sure. But I think that, for me, is kind of the, the decision Takes, maker, mm. yeah. Next one, Eagles-Giants. Now, we didn't speak about the Giants, but Daniel Jones had his career best game in the right time in the playoffs beating the Minnesota Vikings who were the obviously the highest seed but coming through in that game the Daniel Jones did absolute bits for the Giants playing in the same conference as the Eagles it's interesting all the games that have been close have been teams playing each other for the third time because they're from the same conference uh, from the same division sorry now we've got another divisional game this time in the divisional round where the Eagles are going to be playing the Giants do you think that this being the third game in a row gives the Giants a bit more chance or do you think the rest uh, means that Philly uh, take the game?
1: Uh, I think if I had to choose, I'd probably say Philly.
0: Yeah, do you you think that Jalen Hurts will be fit enough again by by the time that that game comes around?
1: Uh, I'm hoping so. I think uh, it'll be an interesting game. I think obviously, like you said, it's been tight-knit throughout the year um, against one another. So, I think that difference could could go a long way for him and hopefully so
0: yeah listen that's an interesting one you know the safe bet is to say philly do you know what i would love the chance to win this i'm gonna say philly though i think i think they they the time to recover might have been enough for them to 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 get back to the level they need to sometimes the rest doesn't work out for teams though you can rest there is such thing as too much rest true um but we'll find out of course guys We'll come to you next week with the results of that as we look forward to the conference round, of course, and the Super Bowl isn't far off for summer. Uh, uh,
1: you know what, honestly, I can see the Chiefs versus 49ers. The, honestly, I it's
0: think gonna that's gonna be a what good game, it man. might end, be, end up I'm being. I hope it is. Uh, it's going gonna, gonna, to be it. a fun, yeah. It's going <laughs> to be a fun game, that one, for sure. Uh, guys, listen, thank you for joining us again, as always. Um, these podcasts are a lot of fun, and we're trying to get more people on as we can and like i said we're going to be doing more content uh more segments and of course uh leave your comments and opinions so we can discuss them on the next uh, show of course Sam it's been a pleasure as always oh uh, thank you man and thank you guys for listening be sure to tune in next week until then have an amazing week and keep it locked